Acts chapter 2, if you have your Bible, say amen. amen. If you're just going to cheat and look at the screen, go ahead, say amen. amen. Mm. That's all right. Acts 2, 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. He is God manifest in the flesh. And when these people, these Jews that were gathered from all different nations were gathered there in the Jerusalem, when they heard this, they were cut in their heart. They felt challenged, inspired, but yet challenged and convicted and burdened. And they're, they're saying to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, and they ask, men and brothers, what shall we do? I, I get that God loves me. I, I realize that he died for me and that we killed him. We crucified him. He's God manifest in the flesh. His name is Jesus. But what are we supposed to do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For that promise is unto you and your children and to all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Today, someone's gonna go from death to life through the power of Pentecost, through the power of Jesus' name. Why don't we take a moment and clap our hands before we go any further in this message and thank God for new life. Thank God for what he's gonna do. Jesus' name. Look to your neighbor and say, what shall we do? Amen. You may be seated. So Kailea is about two years old and four months, and so we're getting to the fun age where we're able to start doing stuff, and she's remembering things. It's a little bit more complex, and Brother Jury, uh, this past Christmas, we decided to try to explain the Christmas story to her in a visual way, and so there we were the last two weeks in November. We went to Hobby Lobby. We bought this nativity scene. It has the three wise men, we don't know if there were three, and they might not have been there at the birth of Jesus, but we put them there because we paid for it. We had an angel, the shepherds, the donkeys, the sheep. We had this whole setup, and, and there we are. And then all of a sudden, on December 1st, Olivia, baby Jesus is gone. That's a separate message. It's bad when Jesus just disappeared out your house. Come on, somebody. We need prayer in the home. But baby Jesus was in the cupboard with the wise men and the shepherds and the angel, and they were kind of hidden, and Mary and Joseph were somewhere in the house. And so every day for the 25 days until Christmas, my daughter would wake up and she would go and help me find Mary and Joseph. And every day we would break down the story a little bit more, Sister Nicole, and we would say, you know, they were going to Bethlehem and they were going for a census. There was no room in the inn. And so they, they went to this stable and he was born in a manger. We're breaking down the story. And we did really, really good apparently. She realized that that's baby Jesus because on Christmas Day she woke up when she saw that before she saw the tree or the presents or anything, she said, baby Jesus is here. And we took a moment and we celebrated that God was manifest in the flesh and born and we celebrated it on Christmas Day. Well, fast forward a few months. This is just this past Easter, 50 days ago. At the church, there was this cross set up for the message and during the series for Pastor Bland. And on Easter, he's preaching, Brother Wendell, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And Kalea is sitting there, her little two-year-old mind, and she's remembering following Mary and Joseph throughout the whole house. And baby Jesus finally made it. And she said, that's so sad, baby Jesus on the cross. And I said, no, baby Jesus isn't on the cross. He grew up. And she was like, no, baby Jesus on the cross. And I said, no, they wouldn't do that to a baby, hopefully. that You know, he was a grown man. He walked and talked and had ministry. It was just long life, and then they crucified him, and 
So she still hasn't got that yet, and so I'm gonna have to work on Pentecost Sunday because that's a little bit closer. Penta means 50. Someone say 50. It's literally 50 days or, or uh, seven weeks after we celebrate Passover, Easter, Jesus dying for our sins. And so today, that's what we celebrate. It's this great feast, this great celebration. The first time that God's spirit was poured out on all flesh and people spoke in other tongues as God gave them the ability. It was this great celebration where God established his church, which we get to celebrate and be a part of today at Atlanta West Pentecostal Church. Who's excited to be a part of the church? I'm so thankful for a great church that when I'm down, y'all are there to pick me up, that when I need prayer, I'm, I can come to the altar and people can pray with me. We can laugh. We can fellowship. I am thankful for the church, and I'm especially thankful for my home church, Atlanta West Pentecostal Church. But to really understand Pentecost, this 50-day celebration after Passover where God poured out his spirit, he established the church, he saved souls, people went from death to new life. We have to go all the way back to the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, God wrote, in the beginning, God. There was no accident, it wasn't just a mistake, but God intentionally and divinely created everything, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the trees, everything we see before us, God created it. John also echoed this in his gospel. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and it dwelt all among us. And we beheld his glory from the beginning and even until today. There is only one God and his name is? Jesus. Isaiah prophesied this in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name, not their names, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. If you need an answer today, you're not going to find it anywhere else. All and everything you need is in the name of Jesus. That's why when you're about to get into a car accident, you call out the name of Jesus. That's why when you're paying over your food, you call out the name of Jesus. So whatever you came in here struggling with, no matter the broken, no matter the situation, no matter how long you've been dealing with it, today you can call on that only saving name that name that's above every single name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee has got to bow and every tongue has got to confess. Aren't you thankful that Jesus shows up when you need him, that he's there at the mention of his name, that even in our sin, even in our struggles, even in our low points, that Jesus is there with you. He loves you so much. He loves you. He loves you. He proves this in Matthew 1, 21. Mary is talking to this angel, and the angel prophesies and tells her, you're going to bring forth the son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Everyone say Jesus, because he shall save his people from their sins, from their low points, from their brokenness. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Two verses later, the angel is still prophesying and said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and will bring forth the son. Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which is translated. Everyone say it with me, God with us. I want to let you know on this first point, I know Kalea got really stuck on this, that baby Jesus was with us, but that's so important. We don't just celebrate that on Christmas. We don't get lost in the presence and then it's just a season. It's just three months. We celebrate Jesus being born every single day, every single Sunday. We are so thankful that God is with us. God is with your family. God is in your marriage. God is with you every single day. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is with you. Through everything in life, Jesus is with you. If you're a father, I want you to raise your hand. If you're an uncle, I want you to raise your hand. 
If you're a brother, I want you to raise your hand. If tomorrow you're going to try to be a basketball player or a softball player, raise your hand. Get the medical attention out already. I know we got a few nurses and EMTs here. We might have a lot of different relationships, but God forbid if Natalie or Kylea or Ira is ever being attacked or they ever have a need, she can say father and that can get a lot of our attention. She can say brother or uncle and that can get a lot of people's attention. But when she calls on my name, that's going to get my attention. And so when we do things, we realize that it's not just God, but that his name is Jesus. Yes, he's a father, but the father's name is Jesus. Yes, he is the son, but his name is. Yes, he is the spirit, but his name is. He's a healer in his name is. He's a deliverer in his name is. He's a savior in his name is. He's the first and the last, but his name is. He's alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending, but his name is. Aren't you thankful that you know Jesus, that you can call on his name, that if you need a deliverer, just say Jesus. If you need a savior, just say Jesus. If you need salvation, a provider, whatever you have need of, just say the name of. It doesn't that feel good to know that God is with us, that even in the struggles, even when we feel all alone, that God is with us. God is with you. Look to your neighbor and say, God is with you. But more than just God being with us, what we celebrated on Christmas, 50 days ago on Easter, we celebrated something unique that happened only one time, and it never happened ever again, and it's never going to have to happen because he paid the ultimate price. On Easter, we celebrated that God is for us, that God is for your family. He's for your marriage. He's for your kids. He's for you to have life and life more abundantly. God is for you. Look to your neighbor and say, God is for you. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes, someone say, I believe. believe. Look to your neighbor and say, I believe. Whoever believes on him shall not perish, but they shall have everlasting life. For he sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. If you need Jesus, you can be happy today because he's not only with you, but God is for you. And anything in life, God is for you. Isaiah 53 Verse 5 says it this way, that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. God proved way back when on Calvary that he is for you. He's willing to go the distance and die for you. He's willing to raise again on the third day and live in a relationship with you. God is for you. Well, Brother DJ, I feel worthless. I've just made so many mistakes. I have generational consequences. I'm just so messed up. How can I really believe that God is for me? He proved it over 2,000 years ago in the Garden of Gethsemane as he's weeping and crying and he's, he's not wanting to go through with it, but yet he has you and he has his church in mind that he established on Pentecost. And so he said, I'm gonna go all the way so that they can have a relationship with me so that you all and I can enter into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and be developed into fully devoted followers of him. There in the garden is one of his friends, his disciples, his close followers, Judas, betrayed him. The army came and they took our Jesus away. He didn't make any mistakes. He didn't commit any sin, but they're falsely accusing him. 
of blasphemy and so many other things, trying to overthrow Rome and trying to overthrow the temple and all kind of other things. You're going to destroy this temple and in three days raise it up. He's blasphemous. We got to kill him. So they do this false trial. They're playing judge, executioner, and jury all at once to just sentence Jesus because they want to silence his voice. There they take him in the middle of the night. They beat him after they tie him and chain him to this wooden post, and they beat him with this cat of nine tails, which is like nine belts tied together with rocks and glass and any sharp object to be able to fillet his back open and just a horrible, shameful punishment. He's so beaten and so mangled, so bruised, that they said they couldn't even recognize who he was. Then they put this mangy cloth over him and they put this crown of thorns, they twisted it into his head and they beat it down and they're laughing, king of the Jews, who hit you? If you're really God in flesh, who hit you? Tell us, who hit you? Brother Brad, he stayed there because he's for you. He's for you, he's for you, he's for us. He's for this church. The next day they take him out and they trade this common street criminal, Barabbas, in place of our God. They ripped that cloth off him opening all the wounds again. They put this piece of wood that once he called up and said, let that be a tree, they shaped it into a shape of a cross and they put it on his back and made him carry it throughout the city, spitting at him, jeering him, mocking him. They take him to the top of Golgotha, Mount Calvary. They lay him on that wood and they drive nails into his hands and to his feet. They hoist him up with this sign, mocking him. He could have got down at any moment, Cody. He could have got down at any moment, but he stayed up there because he's for you. And we don't just celebrate that on Easter. That's not just something where we wear bright colored suits and find some eggs and chocolate, and then we just go about our days every single day. We should be thankful that God is for us because no one took his life, but he gave his life so that this church can be established, so that you can have hope that's everlasting, so that you can have joy, so that you can have peace that passes all understanding. God is not only with you, but God is for you. Why don't you lift your hands and lift your voice and just thank God that he's for you, that he's willing to die for you, that you are worth saving. Yes, you've been messed up, but Romans 5, 8 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you thankful that we can have new life because he's for us? Not in my own good, not because my merit, not because I'm moral, not because I'm anything special, just because he loves me, because he's for me. God, thank you for being for me. He's with us, but he's also for us. But then all of a sudden, something changed. On the day of Pentecost, Jesus was at this great day of the feast in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man is thirsty, someone say, I'm thirsty. Let him come unto me and drink. This water isn't something you can get anywhere else. It's not something you can get in career or money or fortune or fame or status or notoriety or a degree. It's not something you get in family. It's not something you get in traveling or having fun. If you're thirsty, that God-sized void is only going to be filled if you come unto him and drink. He that believeth on me, as Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spake of the Spirit, which they that should believe on him would receive. That if you believe and if I believe, we will receive it. We will receive the Holy Ghost, his Spirit, that was not yet given because he was not yet glorified. 
God wanted to do something different on Pentecost because men's attempts of trying to follow the law, of trying to be good on our own, we kept failing miserably. The Israelites have a long list and a huge resume of where they constantly stumbled and constantly failed. They didn't have power within themselves and there wasn't power in the law. But then all of a sudden on the day of Pentecost, they were endued with power from on high to walk right, to talk right. Something different happened at Pentecost. So no matter who you are, Pentecost is personal. No matter where you're from, Pentecost is for you. Someone say it's for me. There's new songs that are written about it. There's no mountain he won't climb up, no lie he won't kick down. And he, he's coming after you. He's leaving the 99 to come after you. The old timers, I still love that song. The blood has never lost its power. It reaches to the highest mountain, Brother Justin, and it flows to the lowest valley. But no matter where you're at in that spectrum, the highest of highs or the lowest of lows, his blood will never, ever, ever lose its power. He's with you. He's for you and on the day of Pentecost we get to celebrate that he is in you that now you have power to change your story now you have power to rewrite your future now you have power to survive in that marriage and to make it work now you have power to live an overcoming life a victorious life through Jesus all you have to do is let him be in you if you're thirsty come unto me and drink and you will be filled with his spirit he was talking to this man named Nicodemus. Everyone say Nick. In John chapter 3, this ruler of the Jews, brother Jury, this Pharisee, he knew the law, the Pentateuch, the Torah. He understood the Old Testament. And yet he's coming to Jesus and said, there's something different about you, brother Matthew. There's something different about this guy. He's not just a prophet. What's different about him? And Jesus answered and said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man is born again. Someone say born again. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He can't see the kingdom of God. Well, Nicodemus asked a very legitimate question. He said, well, how can a man be born when he is old, Chris? Does he enter the second time into his mother's womb? This doesn't make any sense. We understood Jesus used parables to help make complex things simple. And so he goes a little bit further to explain this. He says, uh, most assuredly, or barely, barely, the King James Version says, except a man is born of water. Someone say water. And spirit. Someone say spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God that we have to be born again. That water is being fully submerged in baptism. And we have baptistry robes ready. We have towels ready. If you've never been baptized, you don't have to wait another day. You can have new life today. God can do what he's famous for and change your world today. You got to be born of water and spirit. That spirit is him filling you with his spirit. He dwells inside of you and you'll speak in other tongues or in unlearned languages. Jesus Christ himself gives you the ability because God wants to be in you, in you, in God. And so on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, just like we are here today. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as Jesus gave them the ability. This 120 that tarried until Pentecost, According to Luke chapter 24, verse 48, God told them, you're going to be endued with power from on high. I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to live in you. So they're in Jerusalem for 10 days praying, seeking, 
God. Not the signs, not the evidence. They were just seeking God. And while seeking God, God always showed up. You don't have to try to be good enough. You don't have to try to act like you have it all together. All you have to do is get God. Because if you get God, everything changes. If you get God, your family will change. If you get God, your job will change. If you get God, your stewardship and finances will change. If you get God, everything will change. And so there... The Holy Ghost was poured out for the first time. They went out into the streets, Brother Ben, and they started to worship, and people from 15 different nations are like, how are they speaking my language? They, they've never been there. How are they speaking my language? They, they, they're, they've never been there. What's going on? And then Peter stood up and said, this is that. This, what Joel prophesied thousands of years ago, this, not the wind, not the fire, the speaking in other tongues is what Joel talked about when he said, and God proclaimed and he prophesied, in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. That is what's happening right now on the day of Pentecost. It's never happened before, and it's going to happen until God returns. He's going to pour out his spirit on flesh. Anybody that's thirsty, they can come, and they can drink of this water. Their life can be different. They can go from death and have new life. And so he starts to preach this message that God is with us, that there is only one God and his name is Jesus. He starts to preach that God is for us. And that's where we find our scripture that we read at the very beginning of this message. Verse 36, therefore, let all the house of Israel know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the God, this Jesus, that you crucified, God in flesh, is Lord and Christ. Can you imagine in that moment what those people felt? Sister Desiree, can you imagine the guilt and shame that now just comes over them? Well, man, I, I just messed up. I'm never going to be able to be forgiven, Brother Walker, from what I just did. And so there they're talking to each other and they're listening to this preacher preach passionately. But yet they feel like, man, they're worthless and they can never have that. And so then they said to Peter and the rest of the brothers, now what do we do? What are we supposed to do? God is with us. He's for us. What are we supposed to do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For that promise is unto you and your children and to all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You don't have to stay where you're at. God can change your life today. See, you might have a need. It's like this cup. If I'm thirsty, how many of you have ever been thirsty before? How many of y'all are going to be thirsty tomorrow exercising and we haven't done it since last Memorial Day picnic? <laughs> Hopefully we have some Gatorades or water. I know Atlanta West does it first class, so I, you know it's going to be out there. But what good is it, Sister Dana, if we run all the water faucets in this building, all the water faucets in Douglas County or the state of Georgia, but yet we had this cup and we never put it under the source? Elizabeth, what good is it? If I'm so thirsty, I can have a water towel or a, a wheelbarrow. I can have the biggest need, the biggest vessel. But if I don't put it under the source, it's never going to be filled, Pa Martin. 
So what I have to do and what you have to do is we have to get under the source because if we get under where God is pouring out, then we can be filled. We can be filled. And so Peter preached this message to a group of people that were not under the source. They were searching the wrong things. They were doing the wrong things. They missed the mark. And he says, if you want to know that God is with you and for you, but more than that, if you want God in you, then this is what you do. Repent. Everyone say repent. That's something that we all should do. First John chapter 1, 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No matter what you've done, no matter how long you've lived in that life, all you have to do today to have the life-changing power of Jesus is say, you know what? I used to do that. I used to make those mistakes. I used to have those habits. I'm changing my heart. I'm changing my mind. I'm asking God for forgiveness and I'm going to start living for him. I'm going to submit and follow his word. I'm going to repent today. And if you repent, you're made new. If you repent, you're cleaned up. If you repent, all that sin is gone. Jesus wants to forgive you today because he's not just with you. He's not just for you, but he wants to be in you. But Peter didn't stop at repentance because faith is always supposed to be in action. If we really believe, we are supposed to act on it. Someone say, I should act on it. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the washing away of sins. Not just your sins, but generational consequences. You can have new life. That's what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 that we read earlier. If any man or woman is in Christ, behold, all old things are passed away and all things have become new. You can have new life today by being baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. More than celebrating about it, more than just clapping and being able to shout it with the preacher. If you've never been baptized a day, you don't have to wait a day any longer. Come on, you can have have new life today by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you will receive, Brother Jeremy, the gift of the Holy Ghost. You'll know it beyond a shout of a doubt because you'll begin to speak in other tongues or this unlearned language. If you're bi bilingual and you can speak Spanish and English, it's not going to be either of those. It's going to be a language you've never learned as God gives you the ability. That can happen Today, someone say today. Where's Brother Judah at? Are you in here still? I know you saw me. Where's he at? There, Brother Judah. I remember a few years back, we talked about this in between church. You was about right here. I can remember it like it was yesterday. You said for two years, he was praying for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Some of his family members has received it, but he just was wrestling and doubting and some, you know, he's just going through that. And so he was trying to pray for the gift of the Holy Ghost. But then one Sunday, wasn't this evangelist with all the faith in the world. I don't even remember what Sunday it was. But one Sunday, he just made up his mind, you know what, I'm going to go pray again. Now, he didn't come with this big, cool prayer, oh, God, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He didn't use all these big words. He didn't talk about Melchizedek and Revelation and the, the end times. He didn't do that. He wasn't saying, God, I want to speak in tongues only. All he started to do was focus on Jesus. And when he lifted up his hands as a sign of surrender, all of a sudden he started to talk about God and talk about how awesome God is and how thankful he is that God is with us and God is for us and that God, I want you to be in me. I want to receive your spirit. I'm not worthy, but you made me worthy by dying on the cross, so give me your spirit. And then all of a sudden, the English stopped and he started to speak in this unlearned language 
as God himself, Brother Miller, gave him the ability. Judah's life was forever changed. He went from doubting and struggling with, the, with God and does God really love me to now. He prayed somebody through to the Holy Ghost at a junior camp a few months later. A grown man, a security guard that's there to keep our children safe just was in the back of the church and Judah went up and started praying for him, laid hands on him and that guy received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Judah's praying for all these people all because he realized, you know what? I'm not just seeking the, the signs and the wonders. If I just worship God, then that promise can be for me. I have this great big need, and I'm just going to get under the source. Brother Kevin Jones, he's probably eight, nine rows back, right about this section. It was the altar call. Kevin has just come out of his shell. But if you knew Kevin before, he's just talking to everybody and serving in ministry and just being all over. He, he was more introverted. Now, I'll talk to the door, and the door doesn't have to talk back. I'm just extroverted, okay? I'm just extrovert. But Kevin, he, he's not like that. He wasn't comfortable with everyone kind of crowding him and praying, so he didn't necessarily want to come to the altar. I remember, it, he remembers the song. I don't remember it, but when Atlanta West sings it, he'll text me, man, they sang that song. And that's my song. I love it. And he's sitting there, and his arm's on the pew like this, and I go and sit next to him, and we just begin to worship God. He's not worried about anything else. He's just talking to God. He's just thanking God for who God is in his life. And then all of a sudden, that English stopped. And he started to begin to speak in an unlearned language as Jesus Christ gave him the ability. And Kevin's life is completely different. Kevin is now happier. Kevin has a beautiful, beautiful baby girl. Kevin's son, Ronan, has started to get healed more and more and speaking more and more words. God is working on Kevin's life all because Kevin realized, you know what? God is not just with me. God is not just for me. But God can be in me. He can be in my family. He can be in my home. God can be in every single situation and every high and every low. God can be in me. A few months ago in Mississippi, the preacher was preaching on, on Pentecost and new birth salvation and our need to be saved by God, that we can't do it in our own good works. It's the grace of God. And he gave the altar call and said, does anybody want to be baptized? This young lady, she's not like Kevin where she's, you know, introverted and not wanting to be around people. She stood up and was like, that's me, I'm going. And she just like ran to the front. The altar call wasn't even like all given and all that. And she didn't care about nothing else. She just said, you know what? The preacher said if I'm baptized in Jesus' name, my life will be different. All old things are passed away and all things become new. I want what that preacher's talking about. Her life was changed forever on that day. She's now serving in ministry at her local church. Her family is being restored. God is doing great works in her life, all because she realized that God is for me and he can be in me. A few weeks ago, I was in Tennessee. This guy named Derek. Everyone say Derek. I love Derek. Ask my wife. I went back and watched the videos of him worshiping because it just did my heart so good. He was arrested over 59 times. Before I got there, five months before, Brother Scott Graham was preaching a men's conference in Tennessee, and he was there. He was addicted to crack cocaine and methamphetamine. And he's there. And Brother Graham talked about when the river leaves and how if there's trash in your life and dirt in your life, then the Spirit's not going to flow. But if you get rid of that dirt through repentance, then God can flow into your life and change you forever. And so Derek said, okay, I don't understand all of this stuff but I believe what you said. I feel something I've never felt before, and I want it. Derek was baptized in Jesus' name. 
He was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. When I was there in Tennessee preaching that revival, Pastor John's, Derek didn't know how to clap on beat, but it didn't matter. He didn't know how to worship all the right ways, and he just was worshiping God. He was dancing and shouting, thank you, God. He was praying loud, God, keep delivering me. He's been teaching Bible studies. He's been bringing other friends to church. His wife comes to church. She might have an ankle monitor and only be able to be there an hour and a half, but you know what? She's been baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ, and God is working on her family. I've just come to let you know, no matter your story, Sister, Sister Victoria, Asher, no matter your background, no matter the lows, no matter the highs, if you just call out on the name of Jesus, everything can change at Pentecost because God is with you. God is for you, but God today is going to be in you. You're going to walk out of here different. You're going to walk out of here with joy and hope and peace and love. Come on, lay down that guilt and shame. Lay down that hurt and pain. Lay down every regret and take on the name of Jesus. Let him fill you and let all the old things pass away and all things become new. If you believe that that can happen today, why don't you clap your hands? Why don't you lift your voice? Why don't you praise the name? That's above every single name. Can we all stand? Go oh, actually sit, 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 sorry, sit. We'll stand in a moment. If you have a God-sized void, you want God to fill it. Nothing else is going to do but Jesus. But Jesus. And the great thing, Sister Crystal, is God is with us. Bryce and Shay, God is for us. Brother Townsend, Sister Townsend. God is in us and we can be in Christ. Imagine right now I had a million dollars, Kendall. Imagine I had a million dollars. Would you accept it? How, how would you want me to give it to you? Does it matter? Would you take a check, direct deposit, pennies? I don't care. Who, who would take a million dollars in pennies right now? I don't know how we'll get it home, but we'll figure it out. I'll count every one of them too. Oh man, I started, I messed up at 1,300, so I'm gonna start over. If I offered you a million dollars, if you're extroverted, you might have the easy chances coming up here and taking it. If you're introverted, you probably will have just as easy of a chance as coming up here and taking it. That's just not my personality. It's a million dollars. I don't think personality matters at that point. How much more should personality not matter when it comes to eternal life? How much more should introvert, extrovert, or oh, what this, or what about my grandma, all that stuff. What if none of that matters and we just ask what those people did in Acts? What are we supposed to do? You can give it to me in pennies, Brother Jury. It can be mud water, it can be cold water, it can be hot water. What am I supposed to do? Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the removal, the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is for you. If you have a need, you can search everywhere or you can let God pour out and provide what you really need, not just healing, not just provision, but his spirit on you today.